Welcome to your call to action with your host, Simon Bruno, sharing inspiration and motivation from the e-commerce world. Today, this is your call to action. Hi guys, welcome to episode one of your call to action podcast with me, Simon Bruno. Very excited about this podcast, not only because it's the first one, but because I got a very special guest, Jesse Emia, the CEO and founder of Keepspace. Hey, how you going, man? It's really good to finally see this come to life. We've um, you have been working really, really hard to get this to happen. Um, so yeah, it's great to be here. Oh, awesome, man! So let's just kick off the podcast with why well, we started the podcast. Cool, sounds good. So as you know, Jesse working in the e-commerce space, starting an e-commerce business or running an e-commerce business can be a bit of a tough gig sometimes. Mm. Yes, it can. So that's why we started the podcast really. Just so you guys, whether you're starting out, whether you're growing or whether you're even established uh, e-commerce business in Australia, you can listen to this podcast, get inspired, get some motivation to, to really kick some goals for your business and hopefully learn something along the way. So Jesse, let's Let's uh, start with a bit of introduction about yourself and and how you're involved with e-commerce. Sure. So just a little bit about myself. What I recognize is that I had done two retail businesses, one e-commerce business, and a merger of retail and e-commerce mixed together. And in my understanding of building those businesses up and selling them, I definitely recognize... um, an area that has always been a challenge, which is the fulfillment arrangement when you start to scale. And so yep. building a business around that need for warehousing, for distribution, for good shipping rates, all those components, there was an opportunity that I felt could be worked into to improve the infrastructure that e-commerce sellers need. And it's usually the guys who are on that run from zero to 200 orders in a month's period that is just looking to grab and run with that. And so that's where um, I just really wanted to really help people in that space. And Simon actually works with us at our business called Keepspace, where it does this all day long, where it's e-commerce fulfillment and online integration to different stores and distributing those orders out on time and updating the status of those notifications to those e-commerce platforms. And the conversations we have with different e-commerce sellers is usually quite similar. How do I improve my sales page? How how do I get better shipping rates? Uh, How do I make sure that my orders go out on time? How do you know anyone can fix this app that I've got issues with, with my stock management? Have you got someone uh, that could be a developer for me to help me fix this component on the website? Do you know anyone that knows influencer marketing? Yeah. And on and on it goes. Yeah. So just so many components yeah. to, to e-commerce that make everything work. It's a, it's a pretty complex machine to get right. I think that's the same with any business, but here we are trying to help e-commerce business owners out in that space. So Jesse, let's talk about e-commerce. Let, just before we do, Simon, just walk us down the road what your history has been like with e-commerce so people can build that credibility with you, babe. What's 
tell us what you know and what brought you to today. Okay, so I'll just give a brief introduction about myself. So I'm relatively new to e-commerce. I've worked in retail since I was in high school, working for one of the big supermarkets in Australia. Um, since then, graduated from university doing marketing and entrepreneurship with the goal in mind of starting my own business uh, someday. I've also, in the past, tipped my toes into the world of e-commerce by starting my own e-commerce brand that didn't quite work out. And through that, I guess, failure, if you want to call it a failure, I uh, learned some valuable lessons. I learned a lot about myself as well. And I learned a lot about the emotions that e-commerce business owners go through when they're first starting out. So that gave me inspiration to start the podcast just to help everyone out and get some experts on, whether it's a marketing expert, whether it's operations experts, whether it's sales experts, just to help you guys get that engine I was speaking to you about earlier, mm. right and working and efficiently as well. So let's talk about e-commerce. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> what, what, uh, what do you want to speak about specifically around e-commerce? Um, let's talk about e-commerce just in, in, in general at the moment, how it's growing as a marketplace as a market okay um, uh, it is definitely a growing space um what we did is we did some checks and some data reports through ibs and have recognized that the industry that we're in is quite a mature age industry it's it's the logistics and uh distribution channels that industry is really really quite old but the e-commerce space is quite young. It's it's still very early. It only holds less than 20... No, I think it was less than 15% of the entire retail yeah. market space. It's still... It's still pretty small. It's still quite small. Yeah. And trying to be able to find its its um, its hold in that, in that space is still quite a challenge. Um, but it's been recognized that it is making impact to existing heavyweights in the retail sector. David Jones have been taking a hit from it. Uh, Myers has been yep. not being able to keep up, so they sold their company off to a European brand. And what we've recognized is that also the improvements of on-demand dispatch for products so that you're able to buy your products on the same day and have it dispatched to you within a two-hour time frame is becoming more of a reality for us here in Australia. And that's pretty exciting. So... Even though Australia Post holds a very high high volume of goods that have been distributed across Australia, I guess the main thing that I've recognized is, is that there are a lot of opportunities with the technologies growing in e-commerce. It's making it easier for people to purchase goods online, find goods that are price competitively online and being able to dispatch them quickly online, deal with re returns easier and get them back without having the drama or hassle, which is really, I think, being really encouraging. So for an example that I could think of right now is where Alibaba made, uh, Jack Ma made an announcement with new retail. Yeah. Um, Alibaba is looking to be able to refuse uh re uh revigorate is probably a better word yeah the the retail sector to be able in to have more of a digital presence in the retail stores which is trying to change traditional stores or traditional retail to new retail that's the 
thing that they're pushing out. That's the thing that they're pushing out. But it's not only happening in China. It's kind of it's also happening here in uh, in Australia. I've noticed just with the particular supermarket that I still work at because I still work in the retail space. They're now <clears throat> going into um, a, a click and collect system where you get someone to do your shopping and, you, and all you have to do is rock up with your bags and, and just pack up shopping and then off you go. Everything's very paid for. So that that's sort of the thing we we're talking about, how e-commerce and traditional commerce is kind of fusing together mm. um, with yeah. the end goal being either a multi-channel approach or an omni-channel approach. Yeah. Yeah. Another interesting um, thing in this space from a, you know, from a wider market space view is the diegals from China here in Australia. Um, something that we really recognize is that if you wanted to buy a good outside of, if you're living outside of Australia and you wanted to get something and you live in Indonesia, you live in China, Taiwan, Japan, and you want to get products back to your country, <clears throat> there was a couple of uh, articles that was on Current Affair, which is a pretty popular um, drama show, I guess, about drama news show. Yeah, drama news show. <laughs> and it talks about these Chinese people coming into our shopping centers and buying all our products and there's nothing left for the locals and it pisses off the locals. And <clears throat> because the population in Australia is 20, no, uh, it's fifth, no, 25 million. Yeah, 25, 25 million. Yeah. And I think it's five billion for China. Um, five, no, one billion. Is it one billion? Yeah, one okay. point something billion. So it's one point. Yeah, way off. That's like a multiple <laughs> by five. Um, so yeah, they have so much more people than we do. Is probably the main point. Yeah. And the amount of people that they have are coming to Australia. They love still the dairy products that we have, the honey that we have, the the wool. And they want to take those products, take it back home because we've been known as a country of safe, high, high, um, high health regulations. Yep. And then want to take those products. And so out of that challenge for demand, companies like AU Make have come to the market space and others like them where they're enabling these people called diegals. And if you don't know what a diegal is, it's effectively a Chinese marketing influencer that connects with a whole bunch of people in their social network usually on wechat where they have a channel they share their channel where they're at a shopping center and they will ask the people who are watching them who would like to buy i'm standing right next to a baby formula who would like to buy this baby formula the price of the baby formula is $30 but it says on the shelf there 25 so she'll make a $5 profit margin on the baby formula and then the orders will come from the WeChat channel how many want to get through yeah and then she'll purchase 30 40 50 of them which will wipe out the store stock which kind of annoyed the stores because then that one person would buy all the stock that was there so companies like AU make have made it now possible to get people who are doing, are still doing that today, to be able to buy the products as much as they want, and then have those products shipped from that store directly to the country of origin where they want to take it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, 
So are these die die girls are they called? Die gal. Die gal. <clears throat> okay. So these these people are in Australia, I'm assuming. Correct. And they're in they're on WeChat doing like a live stream thing. So it's kind of like if you had like a Twitch live stream, but instead of gaming, it's shopping. Exactly. And you get all these orders coming through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of people have been trying to get into the space uh, from China. They they can see the potential and they're trying to be these influencers in this space. And it's pretty cool. You can, uh, we know a lot of people, we should actually get a Daigal yeah. on the channel. <laughs> and yeah, like, be cool. have them share their story yeah, yeah, of yeah. how it works. That, that would be really, really cool. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of... Uh the Daigal influencer yeah. thing coming out of China to Australia. Yeah, it's pretty big, man. It's yeah. Big. So I guess that's probably a broad view of, of e-commerce. Something. There's probably other things like Amazon and eBay. Um, Amazon came to Australia only last year, I think it was last year. Yeah, or early this year. It was pretty. It's early, pretty it was pretty early recent last year. Yeah, yeah. No, early this year. That oh, I forget. Was it March? March. I think it was March this year. I think they opened the doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but, sure in the comments people will be correcting us. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think uh, if you're Na- wrong. If Nathan What's is watching this, this uh, Nathan, yeah. who's like one of um, he owns one of the businesses that we work with, he'll be screaming at the My, his computer right now, saying, "No, it's this date." Yeah. <laughs> just imagine. Um, yeah. But anyway, we know that Amazon is kind of going through some growing pains right now. It hasn't really been accepted by the public. Yeah. I think they're still like. L- let's be honest. The pro the TV show like called the project on Channel Ten, and a couple of shows on uh, Channel Seven and Channel Nine have kind of disregarded Amazon and, and Australia Post with their partnership with eBay. They've kind of like said, "Hey, go with eBay and yeah. let's we've partnered with eBay and we've also got this new free shipping option that you can have your product shipped." And if you go into any of these 50 retail outlets and you give them this card, you get free shipping for your product. Mm. And I was like, so they've tried, like Australia Post, eBay, and, and all the local Australian re- big retail outlets have kind of banded together to give Amazon one up the ass. And yeah. It's not really helping Amazon too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think also because um, Australia <clears throat> Post, which is owned by the Australian government, so obviously they got that working for them. They have such a big market share in Australia as well. It's like other countries where they've got, where we have um, thousands of courier options. We've mainly got four or five big ones and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, True. So yeah. Sorry, Korea, please. And TNT yeah. and everyone else out there that's <laughs> moving stuff. We're sure there are more than that. But yeah, from what we know in the marketplace, there ain't that many. Yeah. I guess an interesting component to... Do you, did you want to keep going on along that or? Um, my main point was that Australia Post has got the power to, to own the space because of their large market share. They definitely have a monopoly. Yeah. Like they, their last, uh, financial year they did six point three, billion dollars in yeah in turnover. Yeah, it was a bit of um that That's... scandal about how much they paid their CEO. Is it a scandal? <laughs> I don't. Is know. it really like? So he gets paid five million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Five million of a turnover of six point three billion dollars. Is that really such a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a yeah. lot of pressure that these guys are under. Yeah, very true. I mean, it's not our fault that, you know, Australia government just only paid chump change. What how much he how I don't know how much our politicians get paid. Yeah, quite a lot though. 
<laughs> was it like six hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> something pretty high. I, if our company, like if our e-commerce business turned over six billion bucks a year, yeah, would it be so bad to pay your CEO five million? I don't know. It doesn't yeah. sound like such a bad. It doesn't sound like such a bad thing. Yeah, six Very billion true. to five million. That's like, <laughs> it's a thousand millions. Six times, and you give five of them to your your head staff member. Yeah, yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but I guess if you compare it against the rest of the different businesses out there, it'd be like that's a rip off. Yeah, that's too much money. It's too much money. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Is can we swear on this or what? Um, why not? We've already sworn about three times, so it's fine. Have we? Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, also just touching upon. Um, Australia's um, Australia's size, I guess, of a country. In America, with Amazon, they do fulfillment in two hours. In a country like ours, with minimal capital cities, it's not like we're littered with cities all over the place. We've yeah. got, I think, four or five big, big, uh, big cities with over a million people. So that that becomes a bit of a challenge as well. Trying to, do, I think, same day delivery. Is, is a bit of a challenge here here in Australia, let alone delivery in 12s. <laughs> and I think that's where the e-commerce guys here in Australia are really struggling. Like, if you're based in Adelaide, yep. like there's one guy we know who does dry food goods and he gets his product from Melbourne. Now, Melbourne is, I think it's, if you fly, it's it's a two-hour flight, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, Melbourne yeah, to Adelaide. To th- Melbourne to Adelaide, yeah, it's about one to two hours. So you'd say it's... and a half, I'd say, yeah. So you got to travel that, and then if your if your goods are being transported by road, by a road freight company, then you've got maybe if it's a two hour flight, it's maybe a nine hour drive. Yeah. Like, give or take. So you know, food stops and all the rest of it. Yep. So if you got goods taking that long, and and there are obviously crews that could do that, that's quite a long way to get your product, and then you're in Adelaide, the closest city in Adelaide, which is South Australia is the one that just came from the, where the goods just... No, it'd be Canberra, actually. Wouldn't Canberra be closer than uh, Melbourne? No, no, Melbourne would be closer. Melbourne? Yeah, because Canberra's a bit more north. But okay. yeah. Um, and so if Melbourne is the closest place, and it's a nine-hour drive, yeah. where in the USA, if you've got a... Mil- and yeah, Adelaide has, I think, 1.5 million people, and Melbourne sits at around 2.5 five 2.7 million people and they're nine hours apart yeah the one to the west is perth and perth is i think it's 1.7 million people and that is like it's the most isolated city in the world you're looking at easy 20 hour drive i think you take yeah. it take two days to yeah. get there non-stop yep so if I was in the USA and we just launched an e-commerce business and we did really, really well with our products and say it was perish- or the same dry food, yep. then we would dispatch those goods an hour and a half north of where we were and there would be another 1.5 million people. Yeah. But here, we got to travel eight hours to the next highly densely populated city to be able to ship our goods through and be able to have that fast next day delivery yep. arrival. Otherwise, we're stuck with our traditional carriers, which take maybe between two to three days. 
Yeah. And that's the challenge that Australia has. And it's really frustrating and it's very difficult. And the only way I think we can solve it is if we have more babies <laughs> or if we invest a bucket load into new technology for, sh- for transportation. Yep. Which are both industry, which both will take quite some time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, Jesse, you've been working with KeepSpace for, you said, 20 months. Why don't we talk about some tips that the the listener can can use directly for um, their e-commerce businesses today. So their call to action, as <clears throat> the podcast is called. Cool. Uh, so a great opportunity to talk about is probably uh, how to get a decent margin yeah. on your products mm-hmm. and being able to figure out that financial safe space. So... The, the thing that when I'm talking to people is about trying to find out how much margin are you making inside your product and what's a safe margin to actually do well. What my mentor shared with me is that 30% of the profit margin is usually a, a, a recommended size. If you can do anything above 30%, then that's going to enable some really good high growth sale volume for your business. If it's less than 30%, then it starts to look at the scalability of the business to be challenged. Now, when I'm talking about the profit margin, I'm talking about putting in all the costs. So your cost of goods to come to the country, your cost of goods on purchase based on how much you're ordering, the cost of your website getting built, the cost of your marketing, the cost of your uh, website services, the cost of everything that comes through. You'll have your cost of sales and then you'll have your expenses. And those are the usually the two brackets. So to be able to manage what those costs are and you divide that against how many orders you're predicting to generate or have generated based on your your financials, then that will give you a average cost per order today. And then you, t- you measure that against your average sales that you've done. So for example, say we've done in the month of October, because we just had, we're in November today. In the month of October, we did 50 orders, just to keep it simple. And doing those 50 orders, we spent $10,000 to be able to get those 50 orders. That means that each order costs $200 per order. Now, we're currently selling those goods and say it's a electronic and we're selling it online for 250 bucks. And because we've sold 250, um, we've made a $50 profit margin. And so against your $50 profit margin, you divide that by the total amount that you've made in revenue. So if you go 50 divided by 250, that gives you a 20% margin rate. So if that if you're in your early stages and your margin is really tight and you're organ and you're working around a negative or a break-even approach, that's usually very, very common and okay. Because what that means is that you've 
you've paid a lot of money for your initial infrastructure purchases, your website, your your developer to get your page up and running, or you did it yourself on the on the cheap, and you're running with Wix and and but you're, you usually have just bought a whole lot of products, so that month might have very high expenses. But then as you look at it over the quarter, over the three month period, you can then do out an average, and then usually, hopefully, you're doing in your early first two years. 2%, 10%, 15%, which is really normal. But then hopefully in your third or fourth year, you're doing 15%, 25%, 35%. And then that's usually when you've been able to get through. Because that's also the thing, right? You're you're just getting started. You're hoping to make a million bucks. But it just it's it's a it's a long journey for some people. Yeah. It's not like overnight success, and it's just being able to measure every month how much is being spent, how much has been produced, what is the average margin per order. That's going to be able to give you that longevity success. Yeah, very true. I think also it's important to say that there's a lot of guys who've been doing e-commerce for maybe three or four months and they haven't even got a sale yet, and that's also really common yeah, as well. It is. Takes a long time to get a sale, or it takes like for some people who get on a viral product, might take a day or even less. Mm. But it's really common if you're out there being hustling it out, trying to get your first sale, and it's been three or four months. Like, don't feel disheartened. It's it's like a, it's a really common thing, and also touching upon your profit margin thing. As you get bigger, obviously you can afford more um, quantity of a certain product, so that will become cheaper. So your margins will. Um, increase we increase yeah. just by economies of scale that's right and that's super normal like we got guys who will buy maybe six of a product because they don't have the capital to buy you know three thousand units yeah and and that's completely normal so you get those six you want to test it because you want to run it on a shoestring and and that's all good but then once you've proven that you've been able to make a sale and that's a very exciting stage. Yep. You're like, yes, I made a sale. Put that shit on Facebook. Um, <laughs> after you've generated those first couple of early days sales, it's then just really measuring that that profit margin per order against the amount of expenses and against about against the amount of revenue produced. That I cannot emphasize how important that is. Because if you can you can only improve what you measure. And if you're not measuring it, you can't really see the true dips of costs and yep. and where your real profit is it's it's a real important piece yeah you got to really measure everything that you do because you could be throwing money away and you don't you know you're not realizing could be cut you could could uh cut costs and still get the same uh output for your business so it's really important to measure cool uh your business your your metrics so i guess my action for today um for anything of all the things I could probably say yep. is that make sure you're measuring your costs and you're measuring your revenue and you're dividing that with your orders and finding out that special profit margin of sweet 30%. Yep. Do that today. Do that today. <laughs> so get get on your QuickBooks account or your... Zero or Zero, whatever it or is. Or your spreadsheet. Spreadsheet, <laughs> whatever you use to do your bookkeeping. Um Try and work that out. Um, do do wonders for your business. So that's your call to action for today. And that also brings the first episode of our podcast to a close. So th- thanks. Uh, high five. High five. <laughs> what? I'll do a high five. <laughs> uh, 
thanks uh, to everyone for listening. Feel free to rate, like, subscribe, everything positive you can do about our podcast. Share the podcast out to your mates who are e-commerce uh, business owners or people who are just interested in e-commerce because, as we said earlier in the podcast, it's definitely a space that is growing and growing pretty quick. So until next time, guys, see you later and get on your QuickBooks. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Your Call to Action. This episode has been sponsored by Keepspace. Do you run an e-commerce business? Is picking and packing your orders getting you down? Send your products to us and we'll get it done on time, every time. Integrating right into your website and marketplace with amazing shipping rates. Go to keepspace.com.au forward slash your call to action to get an amazing opportunity. To find out more about Your Call to Action, visit yourcalltoaction.com.au to visit all our resources and podcasts.